When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Master Your Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Now we're on episode 105. We have a special guest for you today. She's an entrepreneur. She's a mom. She's a wife. Uh, she's changing the game on teaching mindset. We sat down with Lindsay Wilson. She's from Seattle. She played college basketball, was a baller at Iowa State. Uh, she was a professional basketball player. Uh, but when she retired, her mission was to uh, teach people the lessons on how to use your mind. She had a mindset coach in high school that changed her life, and she founded Positive Performance uh, Training, um, and she also has a program where she's certifying mindset coaches to teach more people this life-changing content. And I've interviewed a lot of people. I've researched a lot of people. Lindsay is the real deal. So the content you're going to learn is going to help you um, if you're an athlete, if you're a performer, uh, if you're a husband, a wife, a mom, a parent, doesn't matter. These skills that she trains is going to help you be the best version of you. So Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. Let's go, guys. Let's learn from Lindsay. Lindsay, what's up? How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm really good. Nice to see you on camera. Yeah, so fun to get you on the, the podcast, Master Mindset, uh, Tools for the Inner Game. And I look at, you know, when I was getting into this field years ago, I was searching for mentors who have this niche. This is a tight niche. There's not a lot of us really who found a way to do this full time for a living and to do it how you want to do it. So maybe give us the, the origin story. Uh, the origin story of the company or how about this let's give us the origin story of like how did you get into this business maybe was it an experience as an athlete you're a college athlete you played in the pros in europe and basketball yeah. like maybe just talk about what inside your heart like drove you to this like i need to be learning the mental game i need to be teaching it. yeah it's, it's a really good story it's a really good uh question you know, I, I remember specifically at 16 years old, I was getting up at five in the morning to work out. Like I was so crazy driven. I wanted to play division one. I, I wanted to play professional basketball. That was like a very new thing for women, which sounds crazy now and kind of dates me a little bit, I guess. But um, I was so passionate. Like I was like crazy driven, but I was not able to play consistently at a high level. And, and I always say when I'm working with an athlete, like I knew I was the problem. Like I knew my mind was holding myself back but I didn't know I was the solution, much less like how to solve it. And I'm a big believer in when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And my mom had a conversation with a, a coworker and suddenly I had a mental coach. <laughs> and in that point it was a skill and it was like, he was a basketball coach and skill or sorry, and mental skills. And literally within three months I was getting recruited by top universities. Like literally everything shifted in my entire life. And that's really the origin of why I'm so passionate about it. But I would say beyond that, then I, you know, I played in high school and then I played division one at Iowa state. And I literally looked around and I saw people that were more talented than me. I saw people that were maybe just as hard a worker, although I was pretty, pretty high on that scale. Um, 
that really couldn't get it together mentally. I mean, you played at college, like that is such a mind F if you let it be right. You go from being the best, most of us to being potentially the worst, at least in the beginning. And like people crumble and there was no resources for us. It was all reactive. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I learned some pretty basic things. I mean, it was maybe revolutionary then because that was over 20 years ago, but like how to talk to yourself, um, you know, uh, um, visualization, positive affirmations. Like this was not like rocket science, right? It was positive psychology, like applied in the sports context. And so I found myself always sort of in, unofficially working with people like teammates or friends and outside of sports too. And so I just became like, I felt like I'd been let in on a secret. I felt like I had like this superpower and not that it wasn't hard. It was hard all the time, but I knew what to go back to. And, and I kept thinking like, if you work hard, you definitely need some talent, but like, why is this piece missing for so many people? And so I ended up playing professionally. And while I was playing, I got to new levels for myself. I started working with a hypnotist. I started learning about meditation and Zen. And this was like early 2000s, right? So this was no, you know, you didn't have pictures of LeBron James, like deep breathing in between. You know, I think some of them were doing it. Like you think about like Tiger Woods, you, you, you know, you heard about that later that he was doing that. Like people were doing it, a lot of baseball players, but nobody was talking about it. And I started just, I, I was just so passionate about it because I was like, this changed everything. And so I literally called up coaches. I started working with really top universities right away because I was like, I know at top universities, they're not getting it. So I would call up like people at Oklahoma and Alabama, and I knew some of them from playing against them. And so they were like, yeah, cool. Come talk to our team. And the biggest response I got was why have I not learned this before? And so I knew I was onto something. I, yeah, go ahead. I need to stop you. Let's talk about this right now. Because how many of people who are listening to this podcast have this like desire, this burning passion, you found something that is calling you, but they don't do it. And you had yeah. the courage to pick up a phone and cold call people. Yeah. Or maybe you knew someone from your past life playing in the pros or college or whatever. Yeah. Talk about that. Let's, now this is a, a, a skill mentally of like courage and just oh, yeah. passion and overcoming self-doubt because you're, you're paving away and other, how many women were doing this as well? I have four daughters. Yeah. So I, I don't want to miss opportunity to uncover that right there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think with, with me, with business, I'm all self-taught and I actually, I'm all, um, non-academic taught on the, on the mental skills side as well. And so there definitely was a part of me that was like, I need to go get my PhD to do this. Right. Like, there was definitely that. And I looked and, but that, at that point I was playing professionally and there was nothing available. Like we didn't have online courses. You couldn't go get your PhD in sports psychology while you're living in Greece. Like I was. And so I retired at 30. And so I was like, I can either go get my PhD now, or I can actually do the, do the stuff. And so at like 22, 23, I was like, I'm either going to do it or not. I, I can't wait to get another degree. And I knew in my heart that the degree was just my own lack of confidence. And so I think the bias towards action is a big one. I was just like, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there. I know in my heart that like what I know people need. And I think that's like, you know, the servant mentality thing gets thrown around a lot, but like, I truly believe that like the people that I was going to work with needed this. And so I felt like it was, it was up to me to kind of get over my own SHIT, you know, to like get it out there. And, and I knew that it wasn't going to be perfect. 
like I look back, I actually have my first workbook and I literally went on PowerPoint and like, I mean, it's so ugly. Like I went to Office Depot and printed it and I was too cheap to spend $20 at workbook, you know, cause that was like eating into my profits. I love it. And I remember the first time like charging, I think I charged 1500 or 2000. I remember the rental car they, they got for me was like 300 or $400. And I was like, it blew my mind, you know, like that amount of money to spend for me to talk to a team. And yet I just, I did get some training in the sense that I had gone to some like seminars on mental training. I saw, I'd seen what other people were doing. I think that's a big thing. But I always had in my heart, and you probably did too, like, if other people can do it, I can too. Now, there weren't a lot of people doing it when I started. <laughs> that is for sure. But I, I still, and I will tell you from a women's standpoint, I remember going to conventions. This is actually a funny story. I hadn't thought about this for a while. I remember going to conventions, God bless men, and I would go and I'd sit to some guy that had played like high school basketball, and he is pontificating in front of a coat, like a room of really high level collegiate coaches that I played against that I knew. And I'm like, if this guy can do it, you know, like some of it's my own, like, I don't know, competitiveness or just like, no, like I played in front of 10,000 people. I played on ESPN. I played professionally. Like I have a whole lot of stuff to offer and I don't think you need necessarily need that, but like, you got to kind of look in your heart and figure out what distinguishes you. And I think my message, because I played at a high level is different than somebody that got the PhD. That's a value too but it's different. So I think that's True. what motivated me. And it's kind of like, um, is it theory-based? Is it book-based mm -hmm. in the clouds or is it like in the dirt? Like these are tactical things I experienced that have helped me that I've worked with other pro athletes college athletes. So you have that experience that you can teach off, which is like so valuable. Yeah. Can I say um, one other thing I, too? Can I say yeah. one other thing? I think the other thing that I see with my mindset coach certification students is the fear of failure gets really high um, talking to people that already know them. So a lot of times when we're talking about taking action, we go like far away from ourselves, right? We want to like magically find somebody at like a convention or maybe not right now, but somewhere like outside of our existing network because the fear of failure or the, the perceived risk and social, you know, ego risk is less, but you're less likely to get a yes too. Right. So I went in my existing community, I called up people that I knew and it was painful when people said no, because I was like, I can't blame it on anything but me. Like they don't trust me or they don't, you know what I mean? Like, and that was painful to have people that really knew my heart and said no, but a lot of people said yes too. And so focusing on that, okay. but that's a scary thing. A lot of people don't want to go with the opportunities of the existing people in their network. And you just got to go for it. Like start small, get some experience, realize it's not going to be perfect at first. And it definitely was not for me, but just putting one foot in front of the front uh, in front of the other. That's it. So one of the, the mission at Master Mindset company I founded is to transform lives and normalize teaching the mental game, like to make mental skills training like an everyday thing. I'd love to hear how your, I wouldn't say your pitch, but how your message has evolved from that first time out the gate calling cold calling or warm calls people your network to how you are promoting teaching the mental game now um Does that makes sense so what was your message then and how has it evolved to where it is now yeah so then it was very much like let me come into your athletic department your kids really need this like this is the preventative you know, there's, there's sports psychologists on every college campus, but it's often reactive, right? And it's about like anxiety and not sleeping and eating disorders and that sort of thing. Let's get in front of it. And, you know, the, the 
the idea of like, it's going to be easier if we, and everybody's struggling with it. Right. And so normalizing it in that sense, you don't have to raise your hand and say, I'm struggling. Like everybody needs these skills. So that was very much the, um, the pitch then. I think now I, I, you know, I, I, as I told you this, when I started having babies, I stopped traveling and working with athletic departments. I mean, I do some stuff like virtual, but now it's very much like, okay, you as a human being, and especially like my coaches that I work with, like, you know, get your house in order first. Like they need it so much more. This is the kind of stuff that you can do at any age in any profession with any goal in mind. And so I think the authenticity of teaching this stuff, you know, I always give the um, example of like a college coach, for example, or really any coach, like wanting to teach this stuff, having their assistant coach doing, doing it, and then coming into the huddle, like everybody relax, right? Like they're the ones that need it first. Like if they are the leader, they are the emotional, um, you know, thermometer, like they have to get their emotions, their thoughts, everything under control to positively influence their athletes. And so that's, I think, where it's evolved. And of course, now as like a mom and a wife and a business owner, like I'm applying everything that I learned as an athlete in that regard. And, and that's really fun too, but it's, um, it's definitely more what I find myself talking about and and, and discussing, especially with my, my adult, you know, mindset coaching students. I love, I love that you've created a, a content and a vehicle for people to learn how to be a coach. Cause there's one thing of knowing the content, but how, how do you coach it? How do you do the exercises and ask the questions and, and give and provide tools? I think about a coach, you are proactively giving them systems and strategies instead of being reactive. So I love that, that concept of, prehab not rehab and, and two uh, models that I like that you teach is the tier method and the braver method yeah or the, I don't even call it tier method but yeah let's talk about you know how you manage your thoughts oh yeah and I was you, on a podcast yesterday yeah. and I was saying that like I don't know when you're gonna um, release this but the idea of like right now home with my husband with three kids under five trying to run a business like it's insane and yet it is all about my perspective. Like this is the ultimate test. And granted, we are so fortunate. Like we have a house, we have money, we have food, we're healthy. You know, there is so much that other people are struggling with even 10 times more, 20 times more. And yet the situation that we're in, it is a, a huge test of my, of what I teach, right? It is like, this is it, right? Like this is a, this is, if I can control my thoughts on a day-to-day -day basis, everything changes. And it's such a good example of how important this work is because yeah, I mean, if my thoughts are, this is terrible and like my kids are driving me crazy and I have no time. And if I'm like stress balls with my thoughts, everything is, is awful the entire day. You have kids. I mean, it's, it's like, and so there's such, um, there, the, the stakes are high in the sense of like, there's nowhere to go. There's no distractions. So if my thoughts aren't good, everything is affected by it. And so it's a really good example because the results are not at all what I want. And so I have to really kind of bring it back and think of like, what, how do I want my house to feel right now? Do I want people to be happy or do I want people to be miserable? And sort of like unpacking that. And that's what the tear method is, um, which I can go further into if you want me to, but. Um, I do. Let's, I mean, so the, the object of this podcast is to provide mental skills training to provide tools. We don't want to just talk about theory, like, okay, here, our systems, here's like a, a three-step process or do this daily or when okay. you recognize a negative thought, here's where we're going to go. Right. So maybe break that, break that down. I'll give you an example that I um, gave to my um, 
mindset coach certification students like three weeks ago. And it actually happened like an hour before I was going to teach this exact method. So again, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. In this case, it was the, the teacher of life. Um, so I'm about to go on live with my certification students. And I'm teaching the tear method, which is based on um, cognitive behavioral therapy, like basic psychology, and um, I think they call it the, the model at the Life's Coach School. So, you know, I take all this inspiration and I kind of come up with my own stuff. So essentially what happened was I'm about to get on live, I'm getting all my notes together, and I go outside and my kids had taken the hose and put it directly on the foundation of our house right outside my office. And this is a place in our house that had flooded like two or three times. And so we turn it off, my husband's talking to them about not doing it, and I go downstairs and my entire office is flooded with carpet. And, and I remember in that moment, recognizing this as an opportunity, which is a huge thing, right? I mean, the idea that we're not our thoughts and that we are separate from our thoughts, like will change your life. I mean, you're talking about like one thing, we are not our thoughts because it doesn't feel like it in the moment. We get overwhelmed with that emotion of whatever that thought is and it feels like we have no control. And that is a feeling that is, is not good. And a lot of us are feeling that right now, right? With everything going on in the world. It feels like we have no control. But what we do have control over is our thoughts. So in that moment, I have sort of like two thoughts that I can go with. One it involves probably a lot of expletives about my kids not listening or, you know, this crazy thing that we're doing right now with being home with them. And the other has to do with being in control and recognizing this as an opportunity to be in control. So instead of saying whatever I was going to say about the kids not listening and, you know, what was me and being a victim or whatever, I decide to think this is an opportunity to control my thoughts, which leads me, well, let's start with the one that, that involves swear words. That leads me to being frustrated, pissed off, angry, and my actions, this is the tear, so the thoughts, emotions, action, and the action would be probably to clean it up, but also maybe like not be so nice to my kids or, you know, be mad at my husband or whatever the un rational part of my mind would do. Those would be my actions. And the result, my husband and I talked about this later, the result is everyone in my household being stressed. There's still water in my basement. That is a situation that I cannot control. But the result is that my kids, my kids probably would start crying because they felt bad. You know, my husband would be stressed because he knows I have a call. And then I would come on the call preaching about how you need to control your thoughts. Meanwhile, my entire household is stressed because I couldn't control my thoughts. So then I'm a hypocrite, right? So instead, so that's one option, and we've all done that. But instead, and I have to say, I teach this stuff, but I was very proud of myself because that is not an easy thing to do, right? And so we have to catch it when we do it well. So instead, my thought was, this is an opportunity to practice what I preach, which led me to feeling empowered and in control which led me to talking to my daughter very calmly, talking to my husband and cleaning up, which led to the result of feeling in our entire family like we were on the same page, we're moving forward, everybody can go on with lunch, I can do my meeting, like everything was like calm. And so those are like the, the parallel universes that we, again, we're at the fork in the road and we get to choose one or the other. And so the situation I cannot control. And, and we used it in, the, in my certification. A lot of people are struggling with just like, the, like we talked about, the like overall pandemic, right? 
That is not something we can control. We can't control if our kids are home. We can't control if we lost our job. We can't control any of this stuff. We can choose our thoughts in that regard. And there are parallel universes that will get you a very different result um, depending on which path you choose. And so that's in a nutshell what we teach with the tear process. And it's powerful, man. And the yeah, more you can check true. in with your thoughts, the more your day is different. It really is. It's just being aware and understanding the brain has a bias for negativity. Four out of five thoughts are negative when it's untrained. So just recognizing it totally. and just having a plan. So listeners out there, the tear method, thoughts influence emotions, emotions influence actions, and your actions influence the results that you receive. So you have to choose to control what you can control. Mm -hmm. You are not your thoughts. So if you can replace that negative thought and take a step back and reframe and understand your feelings, your emotional state, and choose to take action in the moment, the right action in that moment. And uh, you're not going to always feel confident and brave and you know have that motivation, but just it starts with how you speak to yourself. So let's transition into one of my favorite topics to help people with, and you mentioned it throughout this podcast, is self-talk. Mm -hmm. How do we proactively train championship self-talk? No matter if I'm an athlete, if I'm a mom, if I'm at work. Yeah, so... Um... I think there's a lot of great exercises. I think, as you mentioned, it really starts with awareness. So journaling is a good, you know, good way to do this. Like dumping out all of your thoughts can be helpful. Um, there's some, I think, competing research. You know, in our in our course, mastering your self talk, we talk about how some of the research says you should say you. Like, you know, if I say um, if I want to work on being a great business person, I could say, Lindsay, you are a great entrepreneur. Or I could say, I'm an entrepreneur. I also saw some research the other day that said saying we is helpful. So I think, you know, looking at all that and then sort of working it out for yourself, you know, my, some of my certification students are like, should I say I or you? And I always say like, try them, but really go with what works for you. I think that awareness is really the biggest part. Um, there's also some, I, Byron Katie has some stuff on, she calls it the work where you talk about like your limiting beliefs. It's not exactly self-talk, but I kind of do it that way, where you look at your self-talk and you sort of walk yourself through these exercises of like, is it true? You know, like if I say I'm a bad public speaker, um, I could say, is it true? And maybe I did have one time when I wasn't good at it. And then she takes you through another process where it says, is it always true? Because the problem is, is the feedback loop of our thoughts that lead to our results once we get that result, you know, let's say you think you're bad at math. Well, once you get that result, the result is going to be bad at math because you self-sabotaged it. And then it's going to um, reinforce the original thought. So that's the problem because our brain is looking for confirmation all the time. The confirmation bias, I think you mentioned that earlier. You know, we're always looking to prove ourselves right. So if we think we're bad at something, all we're going to see is the results of us being bad at that. And so you have to sort of work within how your brain works, changing your self-talk, changing your thoughts and then working towards getting a different result. But all the time, I mean, I think self-talk is the perfect example of being aware. It's not something you change overnight at all. But most of us, they say we say 50 to 60,000 words to ourselves every day. So as, as you said, if a lot of that's negative, it's like, of course, you're going to get a negative result. Like it's not rocket science. That is how the brain works. And so if you can shift slowly to choosing your thoughts and choosing the things that you say to yourself, you're going to start getting those positive results, which are going to reinforce and make you feel better about choosing those thoughts. But it really does start with awareness. And that's not an easy thing. You know, I mean, yeah. building that up is, is challenging. But I think, as you mentioned, you know, recognizing that we're not our thoughts is the first thing because it doesn't feel that way. 
especially true. when we get emotional. That is very true. Now, now I think another exercise I think we can proactively do, just like you know, you're we're taught to be uh, fit physically, go to the gym. That's a no-brainer. Exercise, lift, run. You're going to be more fit. Right. But to be more mentally fit, what are some systems, routines? And I mentioned earlier, you teach the Braver method. Yeah. That's a priming exercise, mindfulness, beacon centered, being calm. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe uh, explain that. Yeah. So the Braver is, I think, our most popular um, training tool that I developed, I don't know, probably 10, eight years ago. Um, and it really goes into that idea of to do this stuff right, you cannot rely on just self-awareness. I think that's a really good point because our brain is going to self-sabotage. We're going to get distracted. You really have to have some sort of foundational pieces in the same way you do on, in the gym, right? Like get a workout, know what time you're going to go, get a trainer if you have to, like have some structure around it and don't just assume that you're going to get it in throughout the day because it's hard to. So the braver is part of what I teach in our certification, what our certification students and really all of our, um, our clients is a daily mindset. Um, we call it the daily mindset beast. And, and it takes you through some different exercises, but one of them is the braver. And the braver stand, stands for breathing, release, affirmations, visualization, and a reset word. And so basically we teach affirmations, which are goals put in the present tense. And you visualize. So for example, you're visualizing your future self. So I have an affirmation that is, I'm a successful entrepreneur that makes, I have a, a money goal that makes a certain amount per year, doing what I love, helping people and working less than 30 hours a week. So when I close my eyes as part of the braver, so I take five deep breaths and then I say my affirmation to myself and then I see it happening. So what most people do is they set a goal. Maybe they know that they should write it down. So they write it down. But really getting to the deep subconscious part of our brain, which affects so much of our day-to-day -day actions, they say 50% of our actions are habitual. So you're going to be automatically doing things throughout the day without even knowing it. So if you can program your inner self to be looking for and thinking like and looking for opportunities that match up with what you say you want, it's going to be so much more powerful. So I close my eyes and I see myself as that badass entrepreneur. I can put up my money goal on the wall. I can say, I, I don't want to work too much. I can say, I want to be a good mom. And those, that's important. It's important to do that work. But unless I'm seeing it happen, my brain's going to reject it. And it's going to work against myself most of the day, which is how a lot of people feel. They feel like I want a goal. Why can't I get there? But they're not working with how the brain works. They're just trying to discipline or will themselves to that. And that is very taxing. It's very taxing and maybe even impossible right? Because of how powerful our habitual actions are. So it's sort of like the GPS, you know, like figure out where you're going to go, see it, make sure you're staying on course, check in with it every day. Otherwise you're going to end up in some like random podunk town that you, you know, you didn't intend um, with the best of intentions. And then you're going to blame yourself. Yeah. You're going to say, oh, well, I wasn't disciplined enough. No, you didn't work yeah. with your brain. So that's yeah. what we teach. The Braver is really powerful. A lot of coaches do it for pregame too and a lot of athletes do it for pre-competition so it's just a simple you know breathing gives some structure to to how to get your mind centered and to, to work on yourself and, and get your brain ready to, to achieve what you say you want to achieve that's so good yeah and it's having intent and like you said scheduling time not just do it when you feel like it have systems in place and times in place to get those mental reps in 
and have that clarity and do it, do it often. Not just, not just when there's something wrong. Um, let's just talk about this podcast. You're about to, have you launched it yet? Are you getting, getting that no, going? Uh, uh, and let's talk about the origin, the, the why, what, what it's going to sound like. And yes. I mean, you've, you've produced a ton of content over the years. I have. So maybe tell yeah. us, tell, tell us about that. Yeah. Content is like, um, I love content. You know, when we're talking about like your zone of genius, like content and teaching are like my jam, right? So I, I have created a team around me that can take care of some of the other things that I'm not as good at. Um, but I was, I was trying to figure out what, you know, everybody's saying do a podcast, do a podcast. And I love podcasts. I mean, as a working mom, like sometimes that's the only way I can consume and grow is, you know, emptying the dishwasher and listening to a podcast. So I'm a big fan of podcasts but I couldn't quite like put my finger on exactly what I wanted to do. And I don't do things if they don't feel good because then I either lose motivation or they just come across as like forced. And so I was actually on a podcast yesterday and I was talking about, you know, I, I know for myself, like my mind is always working on things and I don't always know that I have to trust the process that at some point it's going to like have some clarity. And so a few months ago, my, my husband and I had a date night and I had been like struggling with this podcast. And finally, my husband says, you know, the, the best podcasts that I listen to are, are when the host basically creates the podcast that they would want. And I was like, yeah, like, let me think about what I want to listen to. And so I ended up, we had a date night and my husband ended up getting, we had sitter and everything. So this was obviously months ago. And, um, my husband got sick and he was asleep in the, in the afternoon. I was like, oh, should I wake him up? We haven't had a date night for a while. And finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to have dinner by myself. I was like, peace out. I'm out of here. And it was like amazing to like be by myself. So I sat at this bar um, and had some dinner and I was journaling. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm going to spend some time thinking about this podcast and what would I want? And essentially what I came up with it is a daily, like three to five minute mindset. Cause all I teach is like, this needs to be done daily a daily mindset podcast where we really talk about all, you know, a lot of these things that we talked about today, like how do you do visualization? How do you talk to yourself correctly? Um, how do you do a morning brain dump, you know, paying attention to your energy and so how you're not your thoughts. And then with that, we also do the braver at the end every single day. So for someone that wants to, um, you know, do this as a morning routine, they listen to one subject and then they do the braver with, with me and with us on the podcast. So it's called the inner game and it's dropping mid June. So we're pretty close to, um, to dropping it soon. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of what I would want to hear on a day-to-day -day basis as far as keeping my mindset right. And then actually practicing it, you know, the actionable pieces are so important. That's so powerful. That's so, I'm so excited for you. And I think it's really nice that you're keeping it consistent with showing up daily, but having the braver at the end to have an anchor that you can guide people. Cause people think like, how do I meditate? How do I practice mindfulness? How do I visualize? Well, you are going to be coaching them through that, that exercise. Yeah. Um, I got, I think maybe one or two more questions before we'll let T money come in with a question. Um, if you were to really focus on one mental skill that everyone has to optimize and use, what, what skill would that be? Hmm. Well, I think that. That's a good question. God, there's, there's a lot. Um, How about this? The one I would talk about is uh, courage. Oh, you mean that? I was thinking of a tool. Well, a mental skill. Well, yeah, a, a, tool, a tool is to lean yeah. into fear. And fear is a physical response to a mental threat. 
and there's real fear and then there's fake fear. So yeah. I think self-doubt sabotages so many people and it's not real fear. Yeah. It's worrying about what, what, what other people think of you or what if I make a mistake, what they can say about me. So I think a mental skill to train, you can literally train courage. You can train yeah. how to reframe, how to recognize, is this fake pressure or real pressure? Am I worried about what people think or is it like a real tangible physical? It's not, I'm not in danger. Mm-hmm. So just training being vulnerable, training being authentic, so that to me is, I think, at the foundation of excellence is being vulnerable and training courage. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we could train a mental skill, which one do you think is the, the, the most like for, yeah, for you yeah. at least? I think very similarly, I would say resilience. I think those are, I mean, so many of these skills are sort of overlap in a lot of ways, right? Because when I see someone not able to deal with failure and not able to a lot of times it, 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 um, it manifests in them actually not even starting things, right? Like you said, like courage, like they're not able to get out of the, like the perfectionist mindset. They're not able to take risks. They're not able to bounce back when they, when they do fail. They're worried about what other people think, you know? And so that, that is like the handcuffs of life, right? Of just like sitting there and being too worried that, that something's going to go wrong. And then you just, never, you just sit there. You know, it's like, I read the, um, what's the Dr. Seuss book about um, all the places you'll go. I read that with my daughter all the time. And it's like, they, in the middle of the book, you probably read it with your kids, like in the middle of the book, they talk about the waiting place and how so many people are waiting. They're waiting for the sun, you know, he has all the rhymes, like waiting for the sun to come and the, the rain to go. They're waiting for a better break. You know, it's like, it has all these things. And it's like, that's what a lot of people are doing is they're just waiting because they think, oh, I'm going to fail. And it's like, you fail forward, you keep trying and like, and it doesn't stop. That's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people look at you as an entrepreneur, like you, you are now have your own business. And like, they look at me as like, you know, having done mental training for a while and like, you keep doing it. You keep failing. You keep trying to figure things out. It doesn't actually get easier. The stakes actually get higher. Um, but that, that, that's why I think people with a sports background sort of inherently get that. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think resilience is important for sure. Yep. So growth and comfort zone cannot coexist. And if you're not failing, you're not growing, you're not improving. T Money, we got a question for Lindsay. Yeah. So I know you were talking about your braver. Um, and doing stuff like that, I would say, how do you hold yourself accountable to actually do that every day? So, you know, I mean, I could go into the the habit forming of like the Mm -hmm. cue reward stuff. But I think to be honest, like right now I'm failing at it a lot. Right. Like I really am. I even noticed myself this morning. I like came down here and I had like 20 minutes before I was going to get on with you guys. And I found myself opening my computer first, which is bad idea. Mm -hmm. Right. You get sucked into the vortex of social media or email or stuff that feels really important and feels like work and actually isn't. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is, like stepping back and recognizing, I mean, there's, there's things you can do like time blocking and all that stuff that I teach is important. I think it's really, really challenging, at least for me right now. Um, but recognizing again, the result of when you don't do it Mm -hmm. because you're probably more distracted and, and also stepping back and understanding that working on your mindset takes time and not just like, you're not going to get it at first. You're going to fail your way through it but also on a day-to-day basis, because one of the things that, at least for me, that I have to sort of overcome is the idea that like doing emails is more important than journaling, right? Like doing emails feels like work, whereas journaling feels like a luxury and it's not. Yeah. So like making sure that there's times in your day that you carve out 
for this stuff that we have not been taught is actually important and is the most important. I think that mindset shift is, is key, but also, you know, making it easy for yourself in that you don't open your computer first. Like part of your morning routine is X, Y, Z on the mindset. Maybe it's a lunch break, you know, like really stepping back. Cause if we just, if we try to make these decisions in real time, we will choose the easy thing, uh, you know, nine times yeah, out of 10. Absolutely. So trying to carve those times out where you're not actually having to discipline yourself into it. Perfect. I had so much fun listening. We can talk forever. Yes, I love it. We awesome. can just talk shop. I know. Um, so things I, I took away, I mean, talk about a mind blowing comment that I've never heard anyone say before. You are the problem. You are the solution. Mm-hmm. Come on. Just that awareness yeah. that it starts, it starts with you. Stop blaming your environment, your history, your background, you know, take that ownership. And it's like really working on the mental game is like strategies to get out of your own way. But just there's hope for you out there, listeners. If you're going through something, you matter. You are worth it. Prioritize time for yourself. Prioritize like you would have a meeting with a date night or a a work meeting. Like carve out 15, 20 minutes of mindfulness, of self-talk, affirmations, journaling, visualizing your goals. Mm -hmm. Um, That's completely normal. And that's actually really cool. The best performers in the world do that. And you deserve to give yourself that time to win the inner game. So, Lindsay, where can we find you? Uh, Where can people look into to be a mindset coach with you? So the Mindset Coach um, Academy uh, will probably open again in the fall, but you can learn all about it at positiveperformancetraining.com. I am on Instagram at lindsaypositiveperform. And um, what else? If you're a coach, we have a private Facebook group for coaches that's pretty active. So that's pretty fun. People talk about how to do this with their teams and how to work on it themselves. And the Inner Game podcast is um, coming out mid-June. So you can definitely subscribe to that and check out our daily mindset work, doing it all together as a community. That's it. People, you have to check out Lindsay's work. Uh, Her writing, uh, the strategies, it's not just theory-based. It's tangible, actual items that you can utilize to maximize uh, what you have. So, Lindsay, we always end with two two catchphrases. You mentioned the inner game. So, T-Money, if we can win the inner game, we can dominate the outer game. The body has limits. But the mind is limitless. <laughs> okay.